I learned and I have learned a lot from the failures because made me resonate and visualize the entire uh, value chain of those decisions. We are a group that is continuously challenging the status quo of our own domains. I'm a firm believer that the ideas, uh, if are not able to be executed, are worthless, more in a corporate environment where the competitiveness is essential. So I try to set the vision, align the ambition, uh, guarantee that everybody is uh, understanding the purpose in the same way. So I'm like a free electron, uh, jumping from left to right, up, down, and at the same time, trying to keep the overall molecular or atom at the maximum speed moving to certain target. No? And that has been my life so far <laughs> during the last 20 years. This is CRNet TV. My name is Hendrik Dekkers. I'm here today with Dimitris Buntolos, who is the Group Chief Innovation and the Chief Information Officer of Ferrovial. A very warm welcome, uh, Dimitris. Thank you, Hendrik. It's a pleasure to be here with you and the CyanNet community. Dimitris, you have a transport and civil engineering degree from the University of Granada in Spain, and you have post degrees from ESE, ESADE, and Stanford University. Now, you started your career 20 years ago and you worked for big brands like Iberia, NASA, Latam Airlines, for smaller brands as well like Zero to Infinity. And then in 2020, you joined Ferrovial as the Group Chief Information and Innovation Officer. Now, in fact, you have a triple personality almost, Dimitris. You have a background as a consultant, as an entrepreneur and as a corporate executive. And I'm sure that we'll talk about all of these different aspects. So, in a nutshell, Dimitris, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Who are you? What's your background? And how did you arrive in this position as CIO? CIIO. CIIO, double, <laughs> double I. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I must admit that this is not very common, my, my professional journey so far. And uh, those 20 years have been split in probably five stages. The first one as uh, any engineer, quite technical one, supported by the foundation of my, my, my degree, trying to mm -hmm. explore the transport. I was involved in the in the engineering side of the of the transport, and from there I have preserved like a, a homogeneous uh, track, always connected with the with the transport, with the logistic in, in many different flight levels. I will see because I've been involved in the ground transport, mm -hmm. linear infrastructure, uh, typically airliners, different flight level and and the space environment in a more entrepreneurial way, you know, exploring something that was not consolidated as a, as a market yet in, in many territories. You have referred those three angles, consultancy, corporate environment, um, and also something that is not uh, quite uh, usual, which is the entrepreneurial mm -hmm. environment and has been a, a natural uh, evolution. No? I uh, sometimes wanted to feel the exposition to the risk, not having resources, not mm -hmm. something very, very uh, evident in the entrepreneurial way, more motivated by the idea, by the possibility to scale or to disrupt one a particular field. Uh, in other stages, uh, I, I felt the, the necessity to, to scale the impact of one plan or one transformation plan under the umbrella of a large group in a mature environment. Yep. Um, in the consultancy, I, I was able to uh, explore the capability to um, give different 
uh, ideas to a bunch of, of clients and, and more or less uh, through the curiosity that is something rooted in my own DNA, uh, update continuously those answers and those questions in different territories. No? That's the way uh, I've been so far, but at this moment I'm super connected with a long-term corporate uh, challenge in Inferreal. And for those of us who don't know who, what company Ferrovial is, in, in, in two sentences in a nutshell, what is it that Ferrovial does and what is it that they're very, very good at? Uh, we are very good assessing the risk, and that this is a quite interesting uh, capability in, in uncertainty times, no? mm -hmm. because uh, what we basically, basically uh, represent is a global infrastructure player that is able from the design and more conceptual stages uh, define uh, necessities, frame those necessities, structure those necessities through our construction brand, be able to construct and operate uh, via the concessions and rotate the asset, the entire value chain of, a, of an asset in the, in the public services domain, in particular about airport, linear infrastructure, waters, it's something that, that we perform globally, keeping mm -hmm. sustainability as one of our vectors. We are in the mobility branch with different uh, ventures. We are also in the energy transmission, and we have the construction uh, company that independently is able to also perform quite complicated um, uh, uh, constructions, no? specifically in, in tunnels and in heavy-duty uh, works that are quite complicated regularly. Yeah, so a big, big engineering group, eh? construction engineering group. Can you give us some numbers? How many people, how many countries? Uh, headquarters are in Madrid, I understand. Yeah, we have uh, headquarters in, in Madrid, despite of the fact more than 80, 85% of our global footprint and, and revenues are uh, generated abroad, particularly mm -hmm. in, in markets like UK, Poland, U.S. and, and uh, North America in general, including, including Canada. That's an, our, our natural footprint. Beyond that, we have right now in the, in the group around 80,000, 90,000 employees, including the, the service division that statically was taking the decision to de invest, but nowadays it's still under our uh, umbrella. Mm -hmm. uh, not uh, contemplating that service is more or less 40,000 um, uh, employees divide by all those uh, regions, uh, six, seven thousand, depend of the of the of the year, million uh, euros in in revenues. Uh, market cap depend of the year. Twenty was twenty twenty was a special one around twenty uh, twenty billion. Um, uh, yeah, and always one thousand two hundred. Uh, concurrent construction sites in more than 18 uh, countries, that's <laughs> global uh, uh, scale, construction sites with 2,000, 3,000 employees, like the one we are uh, 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 implementing right now in, in UK and in Silvertown, one of the most uh, uh, complicated tunnels, so that's more or less the, the overall footprint of what we are regularly doing. Wow. So a big, big international group. Um, what was it, 26 billion market cap, so big, big group. Um, now, all our businesses are under pressure today. I mean, small businesses, large businesses. Uh, and so in, in your domain, what is the, the, um, the driver for change? What are the, what's the pressure that the business is, uh, is under today uh, at Ferrovial? 
Well, I think there are a lot of commonalities independently of, of the sector. In particular, uh, we have the, the demand and, and the offer. No? We rely a lot in, in, in airports. Heathrow mm -hmm. Airport is, is one of our uh, assets temporarily. While the vaccination uh, will evolve, we are restricted by the regulation. How to anticipate the next uh, stage and try to be as competitive as we were and even more introducing the opportunity that everybody is facing is one of our challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, the same um, in an environment where traffic is evolving, but new opportunities are coming through logistics, e-commerce, and so on. So what we are trying to, to do in the current momentum is to gain efficiency, um, guarantee that we are able to scale, be much more simple as a company. And that's one of my responsibilities from the technology and the IT, simplify the, the landscape in order to be able to grow and capture new uh, growth vectors in a seamless and reliable way and interact with the community in a global scale, no? using like the video conference that we are using, but introducing those concepts in an industrialized way uh, for the entire business no? and created handshakes between all the of the business in order to be much more competitive than, than before. No? Yeah. So many, many changes, and, and the pandemic has played on that as well. So, uh, I mean, a big boost in e-commerce and then the airports that are not as active as, as they used to be and so on. So many, many changes in all the different aspects of, uh, of your business. And what are the main ways that, that Ferroviala is reacting to that? How does a big group like that, how do you, how do you stay agile and make sure that you can react um, um, what as needed uh, under all these changes? Well, first of all, um, uh, trying to be connected with, with the community, with the areas where the, the history is changing and where everybody is trying to explore new, new, new growth opportunities. No? We mm -hmm. took the decision, in particular in, in my domain, to launch a foresight um, community and platform in order to keep engaging with more tentacles with uh, our um, shareholders and with the public uh, domain, engaging with research centers and universities. Yesterday, indeed, I have the opportunity to sign our uh, five years agreement with the, with the MIT, where many of the research that we are using in order to understand the uncertainties of the near future could come through the research and the university. Um, introducing more experiments than ever, establishing more partners because we believe that the future opportunities will come necessarily in an open environment where partners will represent a, an important piece of the, of the equation or, or, or the solution. Um, introducing more transversal dynamics into the group. Uh, mm -hmm. Also internally diversity and, and transversality are strengths that will reinforce our capability to accelerate the time to market. No? So these uh, last months have forced us to reinforce that in a much conscious way, introduce program to guarantee that all the technical and business e units uh, teams are working together. And this is a never ending uh, goal. No? We have a lot of room for improvement, but we have a speed up also a lot during this, these months. Okay, now you have been recruited in July of 2020 as the uh, group Chief Information and Innovation Officer, which is of course an interesting uh, combination. So what is the, what is the change that uh, you have to make? What are you hired for in this uh, in Ferroviale? Yeah, every, every hire has a, a mandate, no? I'm, I'm a person quite um, 
public in terms of the, the way I operate. No? I think the, the company, the sector, and the momentum require uh, an inflection point. Construction and infrastructure are living a digitalization process. I'm a person that has been always flirting and jumping from the business to the technological angle and what we need and what we are going to do. What we are doing is to accelerate that transition, no? inoculating technology um, mm -hmm. and, and digital capabilities across the entire company, um, introducing a much more uh, data-driven um, um, uh, mindset across the, the entire company, um, revitalizing our platforms, uh, accelerating the journey to, to cloud, uh, rethinking the processes from scratch, trying to adopt much more uh, simple one and enhanced by the uh, new technologies and that as a group level uh, creating and reinforcing our center of uh, excellence and try to uh, improve our time to market and the capability to over a resilient uh, mode of, uh, of work uh, be able to react if something in our environment is, is changing. No? That as a corporate level is a transversal movement that is fully enrooted in, in my mandate or in, in my goal as a whole. Yeah. So I can imagine you're there now uh, for well less than a year, and and, and uh, so I can imagine that you've created your strategic plan to implement, uh, and so that is the the where you go, where you want to go is is starting to become clear, and and that you, now you start to um, execute your um, your change plan, your transformation plan. Can you tell us um, yeah. a, a bit more in detail your plans? So just arriving, um, I. I, I had to um, put in context my ideas and the mandate with the current strategic plan that it was uh, uh, under execution of the, of the company, of the group. It was named Horizon 24. We were in the first year, a quite a special year. It was not anticipated that the first year of the impulse would be like the one that we suffer. So my, my goal was to um, uh, extract the, the foundational principle of that strategic plan and as analogy, create like a digital mirror no? that we ended up naming Digital Horizon, Digital Horizon 24. That's the uh, official framework that is supporting the, the, the transformation. Um, uh, that transformation obviously started from a very deep diagnostic, uh, an ambition that is quite connected with the DNA of this company, put uh, uh, goals that are a bit far away from our current uh, momentum and defining the how in the how a framework that could be leveraged along these next uh, four or five years. No, that, that mm -hmm. plan, Digital Horizon, supported by by data. We believe that we want to be a, an asset and data-driven uh, data, supported by the cybersecurity that will protect that as a very valuable asset, and with four dimensions that could be very common in many of those transformation processes, platforms and also the, the partners and from the other side, the people. No? We necessarily have to introduce um, quite intensively uh, a change in the skills, in the, in the tools, in the behaviors, and in the mindset at that angle, jointly with our uh, colleagues of HR, is included also in the, in the core of the transformation. Yeah. So you are working on the processes, on the platforms, on the partnerships, and on, uh, and on your people, that are the key pillars of, uh, of your plan. And so um, maybe let's, let's um, pick one, uh, because we can talk about that for hours and, and days uh, about a big transformation like that. But let's take one aspect of that, because I believe that 
uh, when you need to reinvent your business, and we all need to reinvent our business on a regular basis nowadays, when you try to reinvent a business, uh, an important factor there is to reinvent the way that we work. And so I would like to discuss with you um, how you are reinventing, how Ferrovial is reinventing the way that they work. And so I want to focus on workplace, workforce, and workflow. So maybe let's, let's talk about the workplace. And uh, I mean, you have these people working around, uh, around the globe, uh, office uh, workers, construction workers. So how, is the, uh, how are the, the places where people work? How is workplace being reorganized in your organization? Well, the workplace, already even before the pandemic for us, was a, a, a vertical where we put a lot of attention for what you have mentioned. No? We have spread all of our employees, every construction site. It's like a company itself, connectivity, mobility, and the necessity to be able to exchange roles in a dynamic way, configure in a dramatic way. Uh, our networks, our communication capabilities, and the way we interact with a much more corporate layer. So flexibility uh, has been one of the, of the key concepts that we have tried to introduce. The redefinition of the workplace and the, um, and the hardware that we want to populate to all those um, areas has been uh, reconfigured and rede redesigned. We mm -hmm. are updating uh, solution in order to be accessible without any type of constraint, interaction that will be universes, universal, uh, connectivity and network capabilities that will have to be transparent and seamless for the final users, introducing the trends of the of the of the practices. Um, our our final goal is to independently of the device, independently of the location, independently of the of the domain any employees will be able to interact with the corporate uh, type of capacities and with the local capacities in a seamless, completely transparent way, uh, using mobile devices or using much more desktop devices that obviously have been progressively uh, uh, transformed and eradicated in those places where mobility is, is essential. No? That yeah. global challenge is, is taking shape and I think we are responding quite uh, um, quite well to that, to that requirement. Now, in workplace, in your environment, I can imagine that there's a big difference between people that work physically in construction and they need to place, be in the location and so on. So there, in, in my experience, construction in general is, has, has still a long way to go in, in digitalization. There's still a lot of, of uh, manual work being done and, 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 and so on and so on. Let's talk about that. How, what are your, is your vision and plan to digitalize how construction is being done nowadays? And what is the, what's the vision of Ferrovial on that? Yeah, construction is living a, a, a huge revolution. Mm -hmm. Connectivity, 5G is going to extrapolate what we have identified in the industry 4.0, the standard factories like the automotive. We are living an early stage um, um, implementation of those kind of capabilities in the construction uh, site. Mm -hmm. uh, connected construction site is a site where all the processes, all the uh, interaction are going to be digitally driven. 
from the reception of all of our goods uh, at the level of the supply chain, for the execution of all of our uh, construction uh, units using technologies that years ago were impossible to be industrialized. We are talking mm -hmm. about uh, AI, we are talking about drones, we are talking about mobility, uh, blockchain in order to have traceability of all the materials, and the certificates and so on, robotic, 3D printing, uh, and AI from the perspective of forecast many of the variables that will improve mm -hmm. the, the outcome and, and a more coherent planning compared with the execution. No? That is happening right now. And on top of that, we have the 4D, the XR, the virtual reality, the immersive reality, the augmented reality okay. that yeah, is, is transferred to the final users using devices like the HoloLens, or the, or using devices where with a simple picture and the geo-referentiation you are able to visualize what's going to be the final construction, compare, um, accelerated the, the revisions uh, and so on. Health and safety is also a dimension where we are improving because it's one of our critical goals and ambitions to guarantee yeah. that uh, we are one of the most uh, 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 well, it's compelling uh, companies in, in that particular field and there are a lot of technology in order to track the present, in order to um, reduce the risk uh, uh, things to identify the situational awareness and create uh, alerts and socialize the, the potential risk in order to create a, a common understanding about the, the environment. No? Yeah. Um, so it's radically changed. Um, it's fully connected with a digital inventory of, yeah. of assets that are more natural than ever. So the construction workplaces are really completely modernized and, and, and they're going digital. How, how, what is your vision on, let's say, the, the office work? I mean, the, out of uh, the, the tens of thousands of people that work at Ferrovial, many, many must be working in, in offices as well. Now they're yeah. working from home, uh, many as well. So how do you see that in the future? Where, what is your vision? Are we still going to be needing all these big offices? How are, do you think we will be working together in the future? Of course. So uh, we have verified in our own uh, scheme uh, through the pandemic that home working, remote working, dynamic teams could survive, could be um, competitive and could deliver, which is the most um, important. No? Is that sustainable? This is one of the question marks that everybody is trying to, to stress. Mm -hmm. We are. Uh, also analyzing that from the long-term uh, engagement, common purpose and sense of community, we need to uh, apply or bet for a hybrid type of work. Uh, for the onboarding of the new teams, for the discovery phases, for the ideation stages where we need to bring um, that magic in, 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 in the shape of, of ideas. Remote work is, is not extracting the, the maximum potential, but at the same time, we believe that the opportunity of collaborating with partners and with employees that are abroad, it's something that has been normalized. And we need to take that advantage. It's oh. something that is happening. We have employees in several countries uh, allocated in teams that from, from scratch belong to different regions, and that is giving us a diversity perspective diverse perspective and a, and a sense of um, a 360 view of, of the reality that is reinforcing the ideas and, and stretching all the potential hurdles. No? And we want to preserve that for sure in, in the future because it's a, a valuable asset that 
uh, is, is paying off. Okay, let's, let's move to the second topic, and that is workforce. Uh, I mean, you have tens of thousands of people, uh, and um, maybe let's focus in on the, on the IT teams. Uh, so can you describe a little bit how IT and digital is organized at Ferrovial, how big is it, and, 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 and how do you see your IT workforce going to change uh, in, the, in the future? So um, uh, currently, uh, in, the, in the setup that Ferrovial has, uh, IT is a centralized division that mm -hmm. is represented under my, my uh, umbrella. Uh, we have different type of asset uh, subsidiaries, company that depending on the size, they have their own autonomy. Like for example, uh, Heathrow, um, uh, with those kind of, of business, we have another type of uh, interaction and, and relationship. But from the overall perspective, IT is a central uh, division that is, is uh, giving the support in the more core and fundamental uh, capabilities and also developing new new capabilities, much more oriented in products and, and platform. Mm -hmm. We are in, engaging on a daily basis with all business. We don't believe that we are providers. We are more and more interacting on a daily, on a daily basis with them like partners, creating uh, from the origin of the ideas no, to the execution of the portfolio, the transversal uh, teams. We are structured mm -hmm. by domains. We are st structured by, by towers of, of services. And we have three verticals in the particular shape of, of, of Ferrovial. No? We have um, application and, and system, more connected with the uh, fundamental core capabilities. We have a digital hub that is a factory, digital factory that is uh, able to, to develop products um, um, and platforms, in particular in certain technologies, very specialized in advanced analytic um, and machine learning, uh, I would mm -hmm. say. And we have the innovation uh, department also under my umbrella that is stimulating through the center of excellence, the best practices and trying to bring to the entire community that edge um, 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 vision that we want to introduce and accelerate through experimentation in the in the portfolio. No? Beyond those three, we have more technical areas like the cybersecurity, architecture, uh, and data, and te technology that is in, in charge yeah. of, as you can imagine. Um, on top of that, a digital transformation uh, uh, vertical that is trying to uh, uh, tie all the, all the knots and maintain the, the programs aligned and, and on track. Now, and how big is that in total? How many people are we talking about, uh, IT and digital and innovation? It's, it's difficult if we add, but I will say more than uh, 300, 400, you, uh, adding the subsidiaries, adding yep. uh, areas where they have uh, autonomy. We are quite um, um, conscious about to grow according to our necessities. I will say that the core team uh, could be around 150 um, employees mm -hmm. um, they are very high skill and, and dedicated. I'm, I'm really proud of, of all of them because to control of our footprint with that site is something remarkable and um, they are doing really, really incredible things in that respect. Yeah. And I can imagine that traditionally all your IT and digital teams were, and because you have a central IT, that they were together in Madrid, uh, close uh, in, in the office together. But that, that is not necessary anymore. Now you can recruit from around the world and, and find top talent around the world. What is, what is your vision on that? How do you see 
the development of IT teams changing now with the, with the new reality that we are living in? Yeah, I think the, the, the paradigm is, is changing. The necessity to be everybody around a, a core is not anymore uh, a, a strong requirement. We already had people and teams spread across our, our footprint. We have mm -hmm. employees of my division in, in US. The center of excellence are head by people that are in in, in UK. And we have a lot of partners that are working uh, abroad. No? And the dilemma right now is which are the minimum roles and dynamics that we want to preserve around the, the headquarters, which are the interaction that uh, are still meaningful to be uh, sustained around where all the shareholders from the business perspective are. No? And we believe that, for example, the, the product owners, technical leads, the product managers that are more and trying to scan the opportunities and trying to um, um, avoid hurdles and uh, keep pushing in order to accelerate the, the execution, most probably um, it would be very uh, convenient to be preserved uh, around where the corporate environment are, but the rest of, of the teams, we are much more flexible than never, preserving what I mentioned before, that the team dynamics have to be hybrid, otherwise we have serious doubts about the possibility to sustain in the long-term run. Okay, so we talked about workplace, we talked about the workforce. Let's talk about workflow and how we can take next steps in automating the workflows in, in, in our corporates. Um, and uh, I, I think we're at the moment where we are um, uh, evolving into more automated enterprises in, and maybe into fully automated enterprises. Uh, so let's talk a bit about um, robots, about software robots. Do you believe in, 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 in uh, a, a robot for everybody? Do you, and, and how do you look at, the, at, at software robots and robotic process automation at the moment? We, we, we believe in automation. Uh, we believe in, in, in the introduction of, of robots in, in many, in many sense. It's something that we have been doing for, for years and something that we have already accelerated uh, due to the, the pandemic and the remote working and so mm -hmm. on. No? We are very conscious about the necessity at the same time to know which is happening behind the scenes. A robot like a black box that is giving an outcome without questioning who uh, has programmed that behavior is still valid. Do we have boundary conditions that are exactly the same like the ones that we use at the beginning of that robotization of automation? It's something that we are continually putting the, over the table as a, mm -hmm. a mandatory framework that we need to, to preserve. So to transform the processes through uh, automation, it's something that is going to happen and is accelerated right now to preserve a deep knowledge more than probably before because we are able to dedicate more time to understand the key steps of those processes and how to continuously improve those processes through automation. It's something that we are reinforcing and will necessarily require hybrid teams, mm -hmm. though that will introduce the, the, the fingers into the, into the models and those that know the business, not really that magical blended uh, em environment that will accelerate the, the improvement, that for sure. Automation is part of our journey. And can you give us an idea of how many robot FTEs are working today at Ferrovial? 
well, it's, it's it's difficult because they 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 don't eat, they don't rest, as you know, and, <laughs> and you don't uh, need to pay them be, a monthly salary. We we, we <laughs> you know we pay we, we pay we pay a certain amount to the providers or to our partners, no. Yeah. But um, um, the answer is that uh, the, the 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 figure is is gaining exponential ratios. Uh, mm -hmm. We are introducing. Uh, robotic and automation almost in each division of the company, not just starting in the financial mm -hmm. for the treasury or the um, uh, cross check of all the uh, accounts and, and so on. Every division has understood that all those repeatable tasks that during years were not able to extract or maximize uh, value because we were technically wasting time to do things that more or less were the, the same have put focus in, in automation. On top of automation, we are obsessed about augmentation. We don't want to replicate what we are doing in a digital or automatic way. We want to break down the silos and extract opportunities where uh, machine learning models, AI, will improve that uh, early stage automated progress. No? So I would say we have hundreds of, of examples. Um, um, that could represent also hundreds of potential employees, high skills, well-trained, mm -hmm. um, very, very um, uh, committed with the task, in this case, even being a repeatable task. No? And could you give an example of where you combine uh, today already robots with artificial intelligence of machine learning? What, what kind of cases, what are the, the domains where yeah. you can implement that? For, for example, in the... In the, in the Treasury uh, Division under the Financial Department in order to consolidate uh, many of the uh, uh, economic statements and economic uh, uh, files that are extracted from different ERPs uh, system, in the HR, um, integrating the payroll of many companies and many countries, aggregating the format and validating uh, a, a simple way in the digitalization of the invoices or uh, in the uh, service uh, requirements across all the construction and site, introducing OCR in the middle of the process in order to guarantee that the reception of a material is mm -hmm. no longer more an administrative uh, task. It's something that is in a seamless way uh, injected in our, in our system. In the, the more operational uh, feel reviewing the sensor of many of our linear infrastructure and um, integrating all those sensors in compiled uh, reports. Uh, there are uh, hundreds of examples where we are not just treating data and confirming the data uh, in a much more structured way. We are validating thresholds, we are creating alerts, we are injecting information, we are giving reports in a in a quite uh, fancy way without human uh, interaction, almost um, mm -hmm. all areas are, are affected yep. in a positive way. And do you see, I mean, there's, there's a trend as well, a very interesting t trend at the moment where um, that we can call citizens development. Uh, yeah. Where people have, uh, I mean, all office workers have, an, uh, have a spreadsheet at, uh, and, and they automate uh, parts of some processes with spreadsheets, for instance. But um, do you see also an opportunity in, in for citizens' development where uh, everybody has their own robots or where they use uh, no-code tools or low-code tools? What is, what's your vision on that? 
I think it's a trend that is going to gain a lot of flexibility to the entire company, no? and it's a natural evolution. Years ago, to develop a macro under the Excel environment was something uh, perceived like a, a difficult concept, no? more to certain areas, and right now it's something achieved and, uh, as a commodity. No? Mm -hmm. uh, we are identifying how many software as a service are creating quite object-oriented and very seamless way to manipulate and interact with, with data and create ad hoc processes, flows, validation that are um, robust enough, um, covered by the security policies and the standard, and also able to scale, which is something yeah. uh, in many occasions uh, very, very important. No? To democratize that, transferring to the final user the opportunity to define their own solutions it's something that is, is coming progressively with targeted group, with pilots, and I believe that frameworks like the, the one uh, we, we have with, with the power apps or with the uh, flows that, in our case, the environment of Microsoft is offering is, is facilitating to scale that, yep. no? because everybody okay. is testing and getting their own, their own examples without feeling fear about the outcome. Okay. And Dimitris, Waller, can you um, can you explain us the, the tool set that you're using for, for RPA and, and automation? Yeah, so we are um, uh, investing a lot in exploring all the options. This is a segment where a lot of incumbents are trying to introduce new solutions. Uh, we mm -hmm. are using UiPath, which is a very consolidated and, and solid uh, solution. We are using more niche solutions that are uh, in an exploratory uh, stage, quite promising, and I would say that pushing UiPath and many others to keep uh, developing their, their capabilities. We are putting focus in solution more in the, in the low-code area, not just yep. automation like Appians and uh, um, uh, frameworks of, of, of Salesforce. Uh, um, this is exciting no? because this is a segment where there are coming a lot of a lot of new players and the famous magic quadrant of Gartner is continually reshaping <laughs> yeah. according to the the requirements of the of the market. No? Yeah. Now there's a potential danger with all these tools that we create new spaghettis and and and, and so on, and that um, these there could be security threats and 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 inefficiencies and so on. So have you put technology and processes in place to ensure that automation is effectively managed and controlled in the workforce? That's a, a great angle that we need to be conscious because we are in the in the stage, I will say, like in the gold mine, no, while uh, fever, we are expanding. And if we don't expand preserving um, integrity, frameworks, uh, and a hierarchical structure that is not the same that to restrict the possibility to, to explore, it's to preserve a level of coherence and a level of the of the group, we could get that spaghetti environment or a, a quite difficult, trustable uh, environment. No? We are uh, investing in defining the, the boundaries of that playground, trying to introduce the minimum um, overall policies and, and requirements in order to let degrees of freedom to, to the teens, yep. but for sure controlling the expansion. That's mandatory if you want to preserve um, for the long term integrity and um, um, and reliability. Yeah. So we discussed how Ferrovial is reinventing its business. We uh, discussed how you reinvent uh, work within uh, within the group. Let's talk a little bit more about um, um, your responsibilities. I mean, you're responsible for IT, and you explained how IT is organized in different 
groups and so on. But what is of course interesting is that you're also responsible for innovation. Uh, so can you give us your vision on that? How do you, how the hell do you organize innovation in a big group like that? What's your, what's your approach there? Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, gigantic um, uh, challenge because uh, infrareality innovation is is encoded in, in the DNA of each employee, no? despite okay. of the fact that it sounds like a cli cliché. Um, uh, we are a group that is uh, continuously challenging the status quo of our own domains. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the roles or responsibilities to keep that stimulus alive and to extract and maximize the outcome no? with focus challenges and with a network of uh, innovators that is growing and growing across the, the business. No? Innovation uh, is, is a, a central responsibility with a dozen of satellites and several centers of excellence that are trying to create a network of um, intra-entrepreneurs. We launch challenges, we have uh, serial um, initiative where we want to capture and receive uh, inputs in order to unlock and to improve the existing um, constraint. There are local innovation in different fields uh, in terms of how to improve tools, how to introduce new services, how to develop new potential businesses. My teams are uh, gathering and structuring that very close to the, to the business. We have also another branch that is growing and, and gaining momentum uh, for years, which is the Open Innovation. Uh, Open Innovation Division is in charge of connecting with the environment. The more structured one, like the universities, uh, research center uh, all over the world, also with the startups in order to understand which are the options that could accelerate our implementation. We are regularly engaging and interacting with dozens of startups in different fields and that division is interacting with them, trying to facilitate their understanding, how to facilitate to work with a company that has also legacy areas not fully accommodated to the requirements of a, of a startup. Um, the center of excellence that I mentioned before that represents as a beacon, the body of knowledge about certain domains that mm -hmm. for us are uh, very critical, no? like mobility, um, um, digital infrastructure, asset management, uh, blockchain, 3D printing, no? and those areas are always on the edge trying to understand what is going on and at the same time bringing in the portfolio use cases to experiment and to uh, accelerate implementation at the scale of those technologies yep. uh, at a group level. Now, I'm a big believer that innovation happens at the edge, at the borders of the organization, where one organization touches the other. And so I understand that you work together with universities and startups and, and, in, and with partners in an ecosystem is really where a lot of the innovation uh, happens. Can you maybe give an example of where a partnership really is a driver for, uh, for innovation in your, in your company? Um, yeah, we have a lot. No? I will mention because uh, something that we have recently revisiting is uh, our long-term partnership with the MIT mm -hmm. uh, on several uh, areas. I'm, I'm professor. We have been exploring things like the, the evolution of, of the mobility in urban areas and how to develop simulators that later on have been com configured like product that we are already using in businesses like the car sharing business that we have in Madrid and, 
and Paris, mm -hmm. the capturing of data points using LIDARs and the generation of 3D models from a, a research point of view. Right now it's a capability that is um, accelerating the creation of 3D models in, a, in, a, in our construction and sites. The um, uh, um, creation of, of disinfectant uh, anti-COVID using one of our uh, internal research centers, more focusing the bituminous uh, layers of the road. They changed dramatically the scope temporarily of the, of the capabilities in order to put focus over the COVID. And what we ended up was with a product that is massively used, commercially used in order to disinfect surfaces. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of stories that from the concept and from the origin of one idea with the support of the research center and university have been converted in a product that is right now delivering um, in a scale way. No? Yeah. Let's talk a bit about your role. I mean, you're brought in as a change maker in this, in this organization. So how would you describe the role of the CIO at Ferrovial today uh, and maybe compare it how it was 10 years ago? Wow. And it must be day and night, I can imagine. So how, 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 yeah. what is your role fundamentally today? Well, my role fundamentally is to preserve that balance no, in the both hemispheres of that uh, brain. No? Mm -hmm. IT and, and innovation uh, are not to type of fluids that are in a common way um, uh, merged uh, on a daily basis. No? So I need to guarantee that um, that age that we need to introduce regularly in order to be competitive is supported by the evolution of the decision that um, will require a much more ten of maturity because are connected with infrastructure, are connected with the platform, are connected with with the, with the hosting of those uh, uh, solutions. So to orchestrate that to guarantee that we have framework with enough perspective in order to not take decision based in the, with a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, guarantee that we are enabling the accelerated uh, adoption of the new generation of, of solution. It's something that will require a, a coherent perspective and a structure. I'm, I'm in the middle, uh, trying to join forces. Um, um, with the support of the business, no? that's something that is, 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 I think, evident in my in my track record. I'm mm -hmm. not bringing a technological angle or a pure IT angle. I've been in both sides of the table during a lot of, of my professional stages. I mm -hmm. feel that I understand quite well how technology and digitalization could improve the outcomes. And from that perspective, my team is closely with the business uh, partners and the business unit trying to accelerate the implementation of those changes that at the end will be the same that the generation of, of, of value no? yep. in an exploratory way and reducing the risk, which is something that I need also to preserve. Reduce the size and introduce uh, the risk in concept in the implementation of new ideas or in the implementation of huge transformative more IT uh, 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 chapters or, or plans. Okay, let's talk a bit more about yourself. I mean, you are the, the, the leader of innovation, you're the leader of, of digitalization at, at Farivial. What kind, what, what is your leadership style? How would you describe your leadership style? And what do you think your teams say about you when you're not around, when they, when they talk about you? I hope that good <laughs> words, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm a quite expansive person that is mm -hmm. um, trying also to bridge the strategy with execution. I'm a firm believer that the, the ideas 
uh, if are not able to be executed are worthless, more in a corporate environment where the competitiveness and to be always in shape is essential. Mm -hmm. So I think I have a, a quite a more or less uh, oil uh, capability to continually frame the perspective from the strategic angle to the execution. No? Mm -hmm. um, that means that um, I have to be involved in the implementation. I need and I try to be uh, updated about what is happening and at the same time uh, capture the perspective to guarantee that we are in the right uh, path. So I try mm -hmm. to not just inspire, um, set the vision, uh, align the ambition, uh, guarantee that everybody is uh, understanding the purpose in the same way, mm -hmm. uh, give a lot of degrees of freedom and autonomy, otherwise that will represent a bottleneck and I don't want to convert myself in a, in a, in a bottleneck, but be able to introduce correction, uh, be able to uh, modify paths if we be identify that that expansion is not going in the right uh, uh, direction. No? So I'm like a free electron uh, jumping <laughs> from left to right, up, down, and at the same time trying to keep the overall molecular or atom at the maximum speed moving to certain target. No? And that has been my life so far <laughs> during the last 20 years. Now, like we said in the introduction, you have three different aspects of your, of your personality, at least I would say. And, and, and uh, one is the, the corporate executive, the corporate leader. Um, the other one is, is uh, the consultant. You have a McKinsey background and so on. What, how is it that your consultant experience helps you in, in, in driving change at, uh, at Ferrovial? Well, I think mm, that part of my experience has been remarkable and very valuable in order to help me frame the problems, structure mm -hmm. the complexity identify the option, size the opportunities, and at the same time, define at each stage which could be the potential next step. Mm -hmm. um, that's not probably the easy part, the, 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 or the most difficult part. It's one of the pieces that um, I think is, is, is part of my, my, my capabilities that are always under development and, and growing. No? Without the execution, that uh, structural um, more consultant-oriented um, uh, capabilities or, 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 or asset will be not enough in order to, uh, to deliver. No? But yeah. I really enjoy facing a new complex um, uh, type of challenge, and introducing uh, uh, um, structure, ideas and frameworks to simplify that complexity and to make it digestible to the entire um, organization. Okay. Another aspect of, of, of your personality is your entrepreneurship. And I'm, I'm really impressed by that. I mean, you, you have a big corporate job, uh, background as a consultant, but you also run several restaurants. You're, uh, I mean, tell us about that. How can you run several restaurants and quite good ones? So what's the story there? Well, the story, I think it's a funny, funny one, at least for, for the audience. No? At some point, I was in, in the IAG group running, among other things, the, the catering and the supply chain. Mm -hmm. I had the intention, probably I was younger, that I could change completely the way 
our guests uh, were able to, to eat on board of our airliners. Mm -hmm. But that's very difficult because that's not about food, as everybody could imagine. You know? It's about technology, it's about supply chains, it's about to guarantee that every olive could represent half a million. Mm -hmm. If you want to change dramatically the way uh, you are eating and you want to introduce more food, uh, you need to modify the supply chain and that be much more efficient. No? And I was living under the frustration of uh, reducing the scope because technical changes are uh, less fast than the that the other type of changes, no? And at that moment, uh, someone came to me, knocked the door through LinkedIn, which is amazing, um, put on the table one, one business model based in, in Japanese uh, food. Uh, I do, did not think a lot. I did not apply the consultancy potential skill at that uh, moment. It was much more gut feeling. I thought it was a quite interesting niche, non-traditional Japanese food in in Europe, and uh, I personally jump as with other partners, and like a hobby, we started to, to run uh, restaurants, three at the moment, two at this moment under COVID. I'm quite proud that they are working, and there are 30 employees and, and young professionals that are developing their own careers in that field. Um, every time we, we come, we introduce, obviously, technology, now more than ever, user experience, design, and that is something that's very also rooted in my own DNA, yeah. no? the customer experience and the possibility to impact in the desires of the final user through the interaction of technology and, and a very conscious design since the beginning. So as a hobby with your partner, you started three Japanese restaurants and one even as a Michelin star. Well, we almost got to the, the, the Michelin okay. star. We were listed in the, in the book. We were fighting for the Michelin star in 2018 and 2019. Finally, we didn't get it and um, it was a semi-fiasco, no? but we were close and that was really exciting no? from scratch to get one Japanese uh, Michelin star in, in, in one restaurant after two years in Madrid, not in, <laughs> in that, was, that was like a challenge, no? like a weekend challenge, very exciting for the entire team. Okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. So let's talk a bit more about your, I mean, about your underlying uh, personality. And as, as you know, in our leadership deep dive interviews, we use the MBTI personality types uh, as a way to, uh, uh, to discuss strengths and weaknesses and how you are wired as, as a leader and as, as a person. And you have shared that your personality type, you are a campaigner, an ENFP. So you're more extroverted, intuitive, more on the emotional feeling side and, and, and perceiving pros prospecting personality. And, and people with this personality tend to embrace big ideas uh, and actions that reflect a sense of hope and goodwill towards others. And their vibrant energy can flow in many directions. And I think that's clear in, in, in your case, right? Yeah, I was uh, sur surprised every time uh, anybody make that kind of test, no? It's like a, a mirror where you contrast your own uh, energy and radi radioactivity, no? With the yeah. results and um, since a lot of years I took the decision to be genuinely the best version of myself, no? Do not shy things that I believe at that moment that probably were um, connected with my essence mm -hmm. and my weakness at the same time, be also very visible in order to uh, not try to compensate. No? So I uh, bring ideas to the table, I probably reduce complexity, 
I want to, uh, through the storytelling, uh, create narratives that will be able to embrace by many of the um, people involved in, in, in the challenge and introduce resilience as a, a global mindset uh, towards a common purpose. That, that sounds like a critical concept or crazy um, endeavor, no? but that's the way I um, um, pass the days and, and the weeks flowing the hours. I'm, I'm feeling that um, uh, I'm contributing more, no? and it's really exciting. Uh, um, that's the way I am. <laughs> So people with your personality, typically their strengths are that they're curious, that they are observant, energetic, enthusiastic, that they are excellent in communication, that they know how to relax, and that they are very popular and friendly. Which of these is, is most, say, well, that's 100% that's, that's me? I would say curiosity. Curiosity is, is the mother of all my uh, illness, no? Every time <laughs> you need to, to focus in one particular topic and dig a bit, you identify that there are networks of connection that mm -hmm. could be part of the new solutions, no? So to keep the, the, the focus while at the same time preserve that potential strength, curiosity, no? Ask the right question in order to get the right answer, no? And create that circle. Yeah. Uh, around that is, is really uh, important and curious about many things and that curiosity is potentially letting me to connect dots that with training are not evident um, and that's something that I'm trying to yep. in inoculate to all my team members, you know, to ask the right question, to keep digging, to explore new trends, to identify early signals that could be in a, in a few months of years the the anchors for new opportunities no and um i've been doing that yeah. my entire life no? in the personal and in the professional also territory now you're also very uh, creative i mean for you design user experience how things the visualization of of, of technology is important um yeah. but also uh, i mean you you have published several books can you talk a bit about that yeah, I think yeah, that's a hobby that at a certain point, um, through friends, family, colleagues, they forced me to, to do something that was not in my, in my, uh, in my plan, no? to make it public and to, and to publish. In particular, there are uh, books about photography that I digitally combine in order to create canvas uh, that could explore uh, feelings, could explore different uh, perceptions, uh, uh, and so on. No? And uh, you have said, for, for me, the, the, the visual and non-verbal communication, the stimulus with the final users, uh, even uh, not talking about a B2C environment, in a B2B where you have thousands of users that are interacting with a, with a, a UI or they are interacting with a process that has a visual context, it's really important. No? We eat from the eyes, we need to keep balance, we need to, from the beauty, guarantee that there is a, an embrace uh, uh, traction around that um, um, for me is, is, is something very solid in my professional life and complemented in, in my personal uh, spare time through a hobby that is, is, is giving me a lot of reward in that respect. Yeah, I, I looked uh, into your books, they're, they're quite impressive. Uh, you have developed a very personal style of uh, photography. Now, Dimitris, not uh, everybody also have their development areas, their weak, potential weaknesses. Let's talk about uh, that a bit. Uh, people with your uh, e uh, ENFP personality, potential weaknesses are 
poor practical skills, difficult to focus, overthinking things too much, getting stressed easily, highly emotional. Which of these um, do you recognize and how did yeah. you overcome them? Yeah, I, I'm going to start from those that I do not recognize, being really pragmatic. So I, um, I'm, I'm get excited, but I'm not emotional. Um, I'm a person that uh, preserves the rationalism in all my ideas. Mm -hmm. Get excited with the potential. Get excited with the uh, impact, with the ambition of yep. of, of the transformation. Um, I'm not get frustrated. I'm very pragmatic. Uh, otherwise, never I would have been a director of Madrid Barajas Airport, where you have an operational uh, environment with thousands of flights per day, and things are not able to be completely uh, con controlled. No? Having said that, my weaknesses, I think, are um, quite evident if you follow that um, um, scan, no? that uh, type of archetypes. Um, if, if I do not force myself or if I do not put the right pieces in the equation in order to guarantee focus and concrete traction, mm -hmm. I could lose the track. And I reinforce that, guaranteeing that in my team always have a person that has a strength, a strength that isn't rooted in their own way of being, uh, to focus and to conclude and to create a program that will preserve consistency. It's something very, very solid. No, now That's something that I try always to in introduce and combine what yeah. could be a, a weakness with a strength at the same uh, uh, time that diversity of thought, if it's not followed by the entire, by the entire um, um, group of people around me, could create diverse uh, traction without the, the size and the impact that will be required. No? So to continually calibrate the size of the ongoing actions in order to reduce the funnel and to prioritize the portfolio, it's something that with method and with the support of external members of the team, I always try to introduce in order to control what are weaknesses that I'm mm -hmm. really aware um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change, in despite of my <laughs> daily effort. No? Let's talk a bit about your family. I mean, you are from uh, Greek. You're a combination of Greek and Spanish. And uh, you're yeah. married to a lady who is Canadian and Dutch. And so, and you're... Uh, two children, still small, one and three years old. So they're raised in potentially four different languages, right? <laughs> Just quite something. Yeah, it's now, crazy. let's talk about what, what do you want to pass on to your children? What, is, what are the values um, that you want to see your children grow up in and, and that you want to leave mm -hmm. as a legacy with them? Yeah, that's a quite important question. No? Uh, uh, indeed, I have two daughters. I think that's important because being, <laughs> being two little girls that would be uh, two future superwomen in, in an environment like, like this uh, project a lot uh, the desires in, in a wider uh, spectrum. No? So I'm trying to encourage uh, them, one and three, as you can imagine, <laughs> my tools and my type of influence, uh, the ability to, to question uh, everything what is happening around them not give for granted what is transfer, so preserve curiosity and the capability to generate ideas as a viable asset that uh, could be next to all of uh, them along the, the years, you know, evolving and getting much more sophisticated and so on. 
Another thing, due to that diverse um, family that we have, um, inoculate diversity as one of the most valuable uh, conditions that could enrich um, corporate dynamic, professional dynamic, friendship, etc. No? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, being girls, uh, not letting them to uh, accept or to be allocated in positions where their own capabilities will be under question mark because of the gender. That's something yeah. that seems to be very obvious, but it's still depending of the of the area, of the field, uh, and so on. So I'm every day trying to encourage them to be brave, to express themselves um, without any kind of shyness, and to um, be bold and ambitious yeah. in their own goals. Now you have you're still a young man, but you already have a very full uh, life. What is the best thing that ever happened to you? Well, best thing <laughs> beyond the, the birth of my of my uh, little uh, babies and an incredible family, I think uh, to have the fortune to be in many occasions in the right moment, uh, in the right location, and with the possibility to choose options. Mm -hmm. um, if I analyze my professional and my, and my personal life, no, those crossroads where I had the opportunity to, to decide, independently of the difficulties of those decisions, I had options. And when you have options, and the second one probably is not the best actually, I li like the first one, but you have a still uh, alternative to take the more complicated one or the less uncertain one, it's something that it was easier because I had the perspective that there was a B plan uh, always, no? and that is the result of the fortune, a bit of serendipity, but my career has been um, full of these kind of moments. I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate and, and, and glad of um, that that happened to me. No? So you're very fortunate, but I can imagine that also some bad things have happened to you. So what is the worst things that have happened to you? Or what was your most brilliant failure? Tell us a bit about your dark side and, and, and how did you manage that? Yeah, I think we have only a few minutes till the end. So I need to, to try to sort those that are more relevant because I have hundreds more, most probably. Uh, at the beginning of my, of my career, um, I was um, a micromanager. I was okay. um, focusing into the details in such a level that uh, I was uh, restricting the process to flow and to be embraced by more, more people. No? Um, I detect pretty late that I was not the one that was able only to create traction. So my traction is not able to be the one putting the horses in front because otherwise I don't have enough energy, I don't have enough time, and I will be the bottleneck. No? And I remember a lot of moments where I definitely did not let to grow at the speed and with the scope certain members of my team, because mm -hmm. I was not competing, but I was leading, because I have the perception, grumbly, that I was not better, but much more precise, what I have to review, I need to, instead of being mentoring, I was overlapping their roles with my uh, obsession uh, in that micromanager. No? Another example was the, the ambition, many occasions, has to be size and balance uh, with the pragmatics and the reality of the environment. Not all the environment are able to digest all the changes with the same speed and, and so on. No? And from a rational and emotional uh, perspective, I was 
much more optimistic, no? And I have failures where we implemented a lot of technology in an industrial environment with the necessity to be um, used intensively by thousands of users, and X days or weeks or months later, uh, realized that nobody was using uh, those solutions, no? Gave me frustration and a lot of ideas to change the the narrative and the validation before scaling anything. No? Um, um, I learned and I have learned a lot much more and that's also another cliche from, from the failures because made me resonate and um, visualize the entire uh, value chain of those decisions and every time I fail I'm constructive and try to be um, uh, very, very um, systematic in dissecting the process and understanding why in the first person uh, that happened and how I could uh, introduce changes um, drastically or cosmetically in, in the new iteration. Yeah. Now, Dimitris, we're coming to the end of this uh, very interesting interview and, and, and what comes to mind if I hear your stories is that you really um, truly a renaissance man. I mean, you are into gastronomy, you're into photography, into innovation, into digital. You have consulting, entrepreneurship, uh, corporate executive leadership. You combine many things. You have built highways in Afghanistan. You have led uh, airports uh, and, and so on. So you have an amazing combination of, 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 of experiences. So with all that, what would be the advice that you would give um, to your younger self or let's say to somebody who has the ambition of also becoming a, a top CIO and a top group like Ferrovial. What's the advice to young professionals that, uh, that are ambitious? Well, I think in a, in a quite humble way, giving advice is, is always a, a challenge and a responsibility no? because there is no uh, a straight line that could be replicated of what I live or my, my experience. Uh, in my own uh, perspective and, and experience, um, ask the right question, not being shy, independently of your experience, um, independently of how mature uh, you are in, in, in any of the organization you are right now trying to uh, introduce your, your impact. Uh, feel since the first day that you have a CEO mindset, that mm -hmm. you are able to introduce a change, you are able to unify um, uh, um, convictions and, and, and to be present, to be present in an active way and to be present introducing your own belief in a structure, rational or even emotional with your own um, uh, capabilities. Uh, another is to, to explore. Uh, don't, don't be shy jumping from, from one position to the other. If you are able to um, identify a narrative or a complementary angle that at the end will reinforce your own uh, your own profile. No? Those motorways in Afghanistan or that airport or that consultancy for me at the end reinforce areas that probably make me more solid uh, right now and will make me more solid in, in the future. No? To find a um, line that will be perfectly drawn and without any deviation in my belief it's something that has not to be the goal, has to be the result if that's the result, no? but the trend and the vector and the orientation is much more important. And the third one is to um, embrace the, the, the team around you in, in a vertical or horizontal uh, without any bias. The diversity 
and the capability to reinforce what you are and what the team is doing uh, through diverse and complementary teams is something that um, since the early stage you need to identify of an asset, uh, protect that asset, reinforce that asset, and try to contribute to uh, uh, become a, a reality in, in the organization you are. Dimitris, I would like to thank you for sharing uh, all your stories, your, vision, your uh, visions, your, your expertise uh, in this interview, and I would like to thank you for your time. It was really a pleasure to meet you here uh, remotely, and I look forward to an opportunity for us having a nice uh, Japanese dinner together in, uh, in one of your restaurants in Madrid. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Hendrik and, and their time team for, for the opportunity. It has been really an interesting conversation. And for sure, next time, I will promise that we will be able to have a Japanese without sake. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, just to, to, to cheer and make a campaign together next time, hopefully, in, in Madrid. Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to that. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.